Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. How you doing, team? Another week, another episode. It's Wednesday, or if you're listening to this on the Patreon, it's Tuesday because they get it earlier than you because they're on the Patreon. Anyway, <coughs> just a cough there to remind us all that we're still in uh, a global pandemic. In case anyone thinks, <coughs> in case anyone thinks we're safe. Fuck's sake. I sit for a good 30 minutes. Post-recording. Pre-recording even. Fuck's sake. And uh, get all the notes done. Get the images loaded up for the uh, videos. <clears throat> not once do you have a tickly cough. Not once do I stutter. Not once am I uh, thinking about how loud I swallow. So she said, and then, as soon as we start recording, we fucking cough like we're dying, like we're grasping for an asthma inhaler. <coughs> Apologies, this will pass, I hope, or I'll fucking die live on air. I mean, somebody would have to come in, you know, finish it, edit the video, upload it to YouTube for you to be able to see that, but maybe that's something we'll do, you know, in like a, a memoir. 10 year anniversary of your death, they'll upload the YouTube video of me uh, just dying live on here. What an odd start. Anyway, how are you? How have you been? Are you well? Are you safe? Are you quarantined? Have you returned from uh, a death island in Greece? Well, you shouldn't have been holiday in the first place, you fucking dick. You know? Cunts have lost their house, their savings, their family members, and you're out in fucking Zante. Eh? Who wants to go to Zanti anyway? Nobody. Nobody. But there is a sim- a very simple rule in life. If the tour operator, Club 18 to 30, offer excursions to that place, you don't go there in holiday. And Zanti is one of them. I imagine the, the Greeks, who have been through enough themselves, let's not forget are probably seeing a bunch of tourists that they never even knew existed. They're used to people turning up, sleeping on a mattress on the floor, you know, buying microwave hamburgers from the foyer, asking if they do vodka Red Bulls, shots, and now because people can't fucking travel anywhere, you know, it's, it's everywhere's locked in, so they're maybe going, why don't we, why don't we, why don't we vacation in Zanty this this summer, this winter, just now, whatever the fucking time it is. I've never heard of Santa. It's where all the young people go, but it's currently open, able to travel. 
people at the hotel bar, you know, who have got land, who have got status, find themselves mixing with the riffraff. They're out of place, but they enjoy it because they see it as a, as a laugh, and the staff are panicking. Do you have a bottle of the 1832 Chateau? What the fuck? I can do sex in the beach, a blue zombie, or a tequila slammer. <coughs> Marjorie, tequila slammer, four tequila slammers. And then people are coming back, trapped, two weeks quarantined. Who's actually paying attention? You know what I mean? You should, right? Still a global pandemic. People are still dying. But who's watching them? My fucking, my dog groomer. <coughs> The wee man's walking about like a yeti. Desperate for his haircut, you know? The dog groomer, he's Auntie Kerry, man. Went out of Portugal. Now she's locked in the house for two weeks. You know, I've had to hide scissors in the house in case the wee man takes a pair of scissors to sell. One news story that I need to start with because when I saw it, I, uh, I I almost fill with joy, but for the wrong reasons. <clears throat> I know we're trying to be all positive vibes in the world, but it's the uh, it's the Djokovic balls to the throat gate, ball gate, throat gate, smash gate, umpire gate, whatever you want to call it. Stick a gate in the end, it becomes headline news. Djokovic disqualified <laughs> for rattling his ball after the throat of an umpire. Now, hearing that alone would shock you, and you'd be right to be shocked. It came up on the phone, Sky Sports, breaking news. I went, here we go, please be a signing. Djokovic has been disqualified. I thought, <clears throat> he's got the owner. You know, he's been jagging his ass. He's tested positive for the roids. They've, they've taken him in. He's, just, he's served a ball, served an ace. 200 kilometres an hour. It's stuck in the wall at the back. Hawkeye is blown up. Because it can't track a ball that fast. They've taken him out of the dressing rooms. They've dropped his drawers and he's got a pin cushion for an arse. He's on the roids. Disqualified. Not the case. Not the case. Because what's happened is, Mr Djokovic has rattled his balls off the throat. <laughs> off the throat. You shouldn't laugh, but at the same time, you should laugh. Because you know why? It's fucking funny. That's why. Let's clear that up the news well. You can laugh at people's physical misfortune and still feel sorry for them. Do I feel sorry for the woman? No, I don't. But we'll go on to that in a minute. Is it funny she got rattled in the throat with a bollock? No, a bollock. <laughs> a ball. Yes, it is funny. She also went down as if she'd been shot 14 times. Which in the current climate is not the best thing to be doing. To fake that kind of stuff. So, you may have seen this, you may not have seen it. If you haven't seen it, you've been living in a goddamn cave. Djokovic, who I don't particularly like, disqualified. Look at that poor woman. Look at her. Oh, in the name of God, I took it right into the throat. <laughs> I took it right into the throat. Long story short, <clears throat> Djokovic in the US Open has hit a ball uh, and it is. The umpire has taken it. Is she, is she a linesman? A lineswoman? A lines lady? A lines person? A linesman? The linesman, who happens to be a woman, has taken the ball right in the kiss, right in the throat, up, oh, right in the gullet. And uh, no, she she goes down. Hey, when there's blame, there's a claim. And she is doing everything that she can to make sure this woman gets some fucking compo out of this. Now, this image is um, is a still of the video, right? I don't have the video to play. Um, I probably should have got it, but I can't. Now, you can see the ball circled in red, and it is flying towards <laughs> Flying towards the woman's throat. She's standing there, hands behind the back, legs uh, shoulder-width apart. Perfect. Uh, let's just say that as well. You know, give her her credit. Absolute textbook linesman stands there. Uh, from the good lady. Textbook. You can't you can't take that away from you, you know? Legs shoulder width apart, hands behind the back, concentrating, ready to go, waiting for the next point to happen, and then out of the blue, bang! 
ball in her throat. She's not expecting it. <coughs> She's not expecting it. Now, here's where it gets interesting, right? Here's where it gets interesting. On two fronts. Now, let me say, first of all, Djokovic. I'm not a fan of him. Um, for me, and this might split the camp, and, and some of you may think, big man, you're talking through a hole in your ass. This is the world that we live in, and the world is beautiful because you can have different opinions to people, right? We need to get back to the point where you can have a, a completely opposite view, a different opinion from someone, but she'll still have a conversation and still continue to be friends or continue the conversation on. We have come too far of the other side of that where if you say one thing and someone else disagrees with you, how dare you? And they're off and you're blocked. <clears throat> they don't want anything to do with you anymore. You're branded as, oh, it's this bastard, the man. We need to get back to being able to speak. This is why social media is the most damaging thing that's ever happened to the human race. Oh, maybe right, overpopulation, deforestation, the introduction of the orange Kit Kat because it killed the orangutans. But what I'm saying is social media is the most damaging thing to people because it allows you to <clears throat> collate a, a little group of like-minded fuck nuggets who just go, oh, that's terrible, Sandra, what's happened to you in the wings? So it is. I went into this place and they charged me, oh my God. And you just have the exact same people who have the same views as you and you see the same shit every day instead of having opposites of opinion. Now, how I've gone off on that tangent, I don't know, but let's bring it back into Djokovic. So, not a fan. And I class him in the same camp as Messi, who I'm also not a fan of. Oh dear God, I can hear you turning off now. For me, he's not the GOAT. He's a very naughty boy. Djokovic and Messi are in the same category of sportsmen. And let me explain to you, both of them are so incredibly talented, naturally gifted at their sport, that for me, watching them, there is no theatre. There's no drama. Both of them, Djokovic and Messi. <coughs> you watch Djokovic play tennis... It is robotic. Robotic. You sometimes watch him play tennis. You could be watching CGI. I could be watching a, a heavily orchestrated training video. Right? You watch Messi playing football. The same thing. I could be watching CGI. You know, there, there, is, no, there is no emotion in them. There's no, there's no real drama. Now, yes, you can argue the points to play the goals they'll score. My God, it's dramatic. But what I mean is, I feel as if there's no soul in them. You know, there's no fire. Right? So that's why I'm not a fan of Djokovic. So when it came out of being disqualified, I thought, lovely jubbly, I'll look into this and then to find out that he's rattled a ball off somebody's throat, even better. Now, the plot does thicken. Because previously, um, Djokovic apparently has a history for this, which I, which I didn't know. I didn't know there was such skullduggery going on in the world of tennis. Now, it seems as though um, the rules of tennis are very, what's the word, uh, very innuendo heavy. And one of the rules of tennis is that you must be in control of your balls at all time. That's what she said. Now, that stands for all of us in any walk of life. You must be in control of your balls at all time. And a professional tennis player of Djokovic is standing cannot, for example, just hit the ball willy-nilly. So, he couldn't turn around, smash it into the crowd, he couldn't just smash it off the side court, he has to be looking where he's placing the ball and be in control of the ball at all times. Now, Djokovic apparently has done this in the past quite a lot, <clears throat> where he will play shots by it. You may have seen it when... Tennis players will call for like three balls and they find a ball they like and they stick one up beside their shots and then they throw one back. You will notice that they almost drop it along the floor, right? Drop the ball, knock along the floor. We've also seen the very famous video of the young um, the young ball boy collecting the ball and then running, <laughs> running smack <laughs> head first into the fucking ball. There is, and I know I've said this before, there is nothing funnier than 
physical pain. Not physical pain as and you know, like somebody Oh, did you see that video of the guy get his arm cut off? What a laugh. Not that. <clears throat> You've been framed style. Physical pain. If somebody can I've said it before, man, I don't care how good you are. You know, even for me, Billy Connor, the greatest that's ever been, Richard Pryor, one of the greatest that's ever been. Any one of those men's routines will not move you to tears as much as someone walking into a shop window, smacking their face off something. It just won't, you know. And that young boy running heat first into those advertising boards was absolutely spectacular. So, get back to the point with Djokovic. Stop graphing tangents. They have to knock the ball uh, if they're giving it to a ball boy or if they're, they're giving the ball back and they're not going to use it. They still have to look and be in control of it. So apparently Djokovic has a history of just smashing his balls well in Elliot. Now, uh, he was uh, questioned about this in a press conference in a previous tournament. Again, when you start to see all this stuff, you go, tennis is quite exciting. Not exciting enough that you would actually watch it outside of Wimbledon. And again, you only watch Wimbledon because there's no football. So, you know, and as the MLS gets better, Wimbledon can go take a fuck to itself. But he was, uh, this was brought up in a press conference, he was asked about it, if he thought that he was uh, endangering people or if he felt as if he was going to be suspended or disqualified for it. And uh, famously, the video ends with him going, you know, well, let's see what happens or whatever. And then fast forward to the next two minutes, and you're fucking disqualified, yeah, dick. Now, the plot thickens even further when an image apparently appeared of the woman who... <clears throat> I'm so sorry about my my uh, my throat today. The woman who is the linesman who's been hitting the throat. Look at look at her. <laughs> that is a proper Karen moment, right? That that to me says not only is there fuck all wrong with her, but she knows herself that she is completely at it. Now, if you watch the video and you'll get it on Twitter. <clears throat> When the ball hits her, she makes a sound. It's like a fake shock. Like, you know that way when you're almost dummy fighting and you you want to to pretend that you're hurt so you kind of go, oh, oh, like, or, or you're scared. That's the kind of noise. The ball hits her throat, right? The ball hits her. I mean, of all, of all, <laughs> of all the places you can get hit, your bollocks, obviously, is the one you don't want. There's a couple of good videos on YouTube of uh, tennis umpires getting smacked in the nuts with the ball, right? Some of them are beautiful, man. There's one when the guy plays this beautiful backhand in the court and it, it must hit his balls at about 40 mile an hour, but it just goes... It just... His balls absorb the impact and then the ball just, just falls straight. But to get hit in the... Th no, to get hit in the throat... If you've ever been hit in the throat, it's a shock. It's a shock to the system. You know? It's like, shaklack it. You don't know how, you can't defend that, right? <coughs> you're coughing, your defences are doing, you're immediately going to attack because you don't know where that's came from. Can you imagine? Now, once a, a, a bee, I think it was a bee, it could have been a wasp, but the, the weight of it felt like a bee. A bee flew into my forehead once at full pelt, and I tell you what, man, you know, I was I was feeling that for days. That shocked me. You know, took me at my stride. I think I think on impact I went, yeah, can't you? And I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know if somebody had thrown something at me. You know, I was disorientated. I was like, I was under attack. Should be should be run. I didn't know what was going on. It's a bee. It's a bee, right? Don't know if the bee died. I'd imagine so. He'd butt at full flight. So for a ball. To, to, to catch you full force in the gullet, right in the windpipe, it's going to be a far bigger reaction, surely, than what was played out live from, from the woman going down. It's a kind of... Uh, and then she starts to go down against the wall very slowly, again as if she's been shot. And then Djokovic obviously starts to realise exactly what has uh, what's happened. And he, and he, pan he panics. <laughs> Let me get the first, let me get the first, uh, let me get that first image, right? So this is, this is the fucking, <laughs> this is the woman on the ground. <laughs> Got her mask on, social distance. Um, 
I would also note, draw your attention to the uh, large double knot on those trainers. Now, I don't know if she is handicapped, but that's quite a big loop on there. Um, so I don't know who's tied those shoes for her, but again, you can see uh, in the throat, she is, uh, you know, she's just, she is not happy at all. Um, but that is her going down as it first hits her. A kind of motion of, oh no, my throat. Help, being helped to her feet, again, you can see her actioning uh, as if, <clears throat> I'm okay, Djokovic, just get a hand around the neck as if, listen, you fucking cow, if you cost me this game, I'm going to come back out of that office and I'm going to go absolutely fucking mental. No, she knows for a fact, I think everybody must know that she's fine. If you get hit in the throat with a ball and it is as bad as she may do, you'd probably vomit. You know, or you'd be spitting up, or you'd be, at least your eyes be watering. Absolute steely look. And this is the next image that I will show you that, for me, completely demonstrates that she is at the bam up and it is this one. Look at the look. Look at that look she gives him. That look, to me, says, you're fucked, son. Either you're fucked financially, as in, there's a fucking claim get in here, Djokovic, or you're getting punted at this game. Now, the the plot itself, or this storyline, thickens even further when we actually find out that the uh, the woman who is the umpire, wait till I find it, I've got too many goddamn pictures here, here. Oh, I can't find it now. Um... No, I can't find it. Sorry, Tim, I can't find it. There's actually a picture of her at Wimbledon as a a, a, a fan. Uh, she's in the gantry watching the game. And Federer is playing Djokovic and Federer is winning. And the, the image is of her giving Djokovic the finger, right? Now, obviously, she would say it's, it's one point away, but she's like, oh, fuck you, Djokovic. So if that is the same woman, one, what are the chances that somebody is able to find a picture of her in Wimbledon giving him the finger. What are the chances that that has happened? And then how much is her hated... No, I just don't like the guy because I don't particularly enjoy his tennis. I'm not going to then train to become a linesman, work my way up through the ranks till I get to uh, be involved in the umpire team for, for an international tournament to then hope that I'm in a position where I can take a stray ball in the throat, then to go, fuck you, can't you disqualify? I mean, if that is the same woman, you have got to admire her dedication to the cause, to train, to put herself through that, and then be in a position to go, <laughs> as soon as this, yeah, do you think she's in, like, the umpire rooms, just smoking a fucking, a massive fag, huge heat on it, Somehow the ash is defying gravity. She looks like that type of woman. Pine of heavy, smokes a fag to the beef. Just sitting in that, sitting in that umpire's room, constant cigarette. Never see a light a cigarette, but there's just a constant fag on the go. I tell you something, man. See that Djokovic with his stray balls? I've fucking had enough yet. If my name gets pulled out of that hat for that US Open, I tell you something. See if any one of the boys come near me. I'm fucking putting my windpipe behind it. I'm going down and the cunts get up. <laughs> the cunts get up. I like to think that is a dedication to the cause. I do like to think that. But who knows? Uh, I mean, that is just a beautiful image, isn't it? It just, it sums her up opportunistic, I suppose, in a way. To go down heavy. And Djokovic is just like, I've fucking blown it. I've fucking blown it. Would it not have been better if she'd taken that to the throat and just never flinched, never even moved? Never even moved. Never made a sound. Professional tennis player, bang. Right off the throat, right off the windpipe. Don't even move. And then when he comes over to apologise, as he would do, because he's a soft sack of shit, he just lean in and go, I'll fucking see you in the dressing room. <laughs> that would have been a much better way to have, de to have dealt with it than to have just gone down like a sack of spuds. 
with your perfect sneakers. I wonder if the I wonder if the umpires get like brand new kicks. I wonder if they all get a new pair of trainers. You've never seen an umpire with a pair of dirty dirty trainers, have you? At Wimbledon or a ball boy or anything. I wonder if they all get a new pair of trainers. Take up a road. Who knows? Who knows? But I I imagine <clears throat> Djokovic will be back. I don't think he will be too deterred, uh, possibly he will keep his balls in check from now on, and maybe we will see uh, this umpire, this Karen, whatever her name is. Um, she's no a Sandra. She's too much of a cow to be a Sandra. A Sandra's a bit, uh, you know, a difficult lassie, but she's got a heart of gold. This woman, she looks like a Karen. You know, I'm going to say it. It's the short hair. It's the lesbian buzz cut. She it looks makes her look a bit rough. That's what I'm saying. You know. I'm sure she'll be back. Either with a throat guard or a, a solid neck. She's maybe going to go away, cut a couple of tins of paint and let a belt run the neck and do some neck workouts so that if she comes back and Djokovic tries it again, just ding, it'll just bounce off her throat. Who knows? Lesson to learn for this, kids. Always be in control of your balls. Always. Right, here's a question that I need to ask to the world. Obviously, we're with COVID and no no gigs. Uh, I'm not travelling. I'm not travelling at all. I'm no, I've not really left Edinburgh other than to go and see the, wee, the, the mother bear, the parental unit. Um, so I suppose I'm looking out to where you are, where you live, for you to either confirm or deny the, uh, the issues that I'm having here in old Ricky. When, I suppose when is the question, when did all the junkies start getting electric scooters? When did... I'm, I must have missed that memo. I must have missed the the update from uh, Nicola Sturgeon. I'll be honest. I, I stopped watching the daily briefs. Maybe after about two weeks, I was like, this is just too boring and it's just too... It's getting me down. Now, I, I may have missed the briefing where the, the jazz hand sign language person was working overtime and said every junkie in Scotland is now going to get an electric scooter. I may have missed that bit. No, I don't mean electric scooter, as in, uh, you know, like a, a, a Vespa. I mean, like a, like a kid's scooter, you know. And also, when did that change? There was a time when adults, grown people, men and women, were on scooters. And, and the majority of us went, what the fuck are you doing? That's for a child. No, it's an adult scooter. That is a child scooter. No, it, it, it looks the same as a child scooter but it's actually got a longer base plate on it for adult-sized feet, and this is an adult-sized scooter. It's a fucking wind scooter. Now, when did we go from that to suddenly being cool and hip and trendy of a scooter? Is it because it's electric? Is it because you plug it in? I don't know. I'm asking you. Is it suddenly cool and hip and trendy if you've got an electric scooter? And then also, when did all the junkies get one? Every fucking junkie in Leith if not all of Edinburgh, is, is kicking about in an electric scooter. Uh, we went out for a, an afternoon tea at the weekend uh, aboard a double-decker bus because afternoon tea is not hipster enough unless it's on a fucking bus. Um, it was gifted to us uh, by someone who couldn't make it and um, we went along and as I was about to go over Northbridge, no, no Northbridge, just before Northbridge, uh, some fucking junkie, proper junkie as well, face tattoo, shaved head, fake uh, what, Canada Goose jacket, built like a butcher's pencil, came fucking hooring round the corner, in, behind a motor, in traffic, on an electric scooter. Now, the cunt took the corner at about a 45 degree angle, I couldn't believe it, 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 it almost leaned in, to the people standing waiting across the road. I'm going, when, when did, what is going on with all these junkies? Now, I know they've, they're busy people, we junkies, you know? They'll have times when they crash, they recharge themselves along with their electric scooters. During the day, they got a lot, lot of going on, you know? <laughs> Friends to meet up with, check in on. As much as I, you know, I take the piss, the wee junkie community is probably far better at looking after each other than fucking we are with our normal pals. 
I guarantee a wee junkie will check in on his junkie pal far more than you'll check in on your pal. You know? I'm just making sure you're all right, Davey. I'm all right, Peter. Thanks, mate. Is that you got the scooter? <laughs> Fully charged, big man. Three bars. I'm going to zoom up Northbridge and into taxi lanes. <laughs> Who am I to deny the junkies of Edinburgh a bit of joy in their life? And maybe it's quite a convenient way to get around, you know, it's it's a busy city, it's very traffic heavy, there's a lot of roadworks now, the trams apparently are, are extending further for no reason, uh, no one knows why. Um, Maybe, you know, maybe a wee electric scooter is the way to get about. I just think I would look ridiculous on it. I think if you have anything over a 30 inch waist you probably shouldn't be in an electric scooter. I think they are either for children or very thin hipsters. That's what I think an electric scooter is for. Now, if I was to go on an electric scooter, first of all, I need to be the most powerful electric scooter is because it's, it's shifting a lot of weight. We're talking about a quarter of a metric ton here. Shifting a lot of weight. Um, I mean, the collision alone, if, if, if I was to be on one of these scooters, you know, 30, 35 mile an hour, and I was to hit somebody, I'll kill you. I'll kill you dead. <laughs> I'll kill you dead, as opposed to some other type of killing. If I, I tell you right now, if I hit somebody on an electric scooter at 30 mile an hour, they'd be dead. Nonetheless, you know, I've gone, if you hit a child at 35 miles an hour, or if you hit a child at 30 miles an hour, if you hit a child, <laughs> if you hit a child at 30 miles an hour, there's a 50% chance they'll live. But if you hit a child at 40 miles an hour, he's fucking bad breed. His brother's moving into his room. That should have been... <laughs> that should have been... That should have been the advert. That was all... Listen, if any had brothers or sisters when you're growing up, you always wanted the big room, you know? That should have been, <laughs> that should have been the advert. Just some wee kid in a pub... Going, can I buy you a pint, mister? Listen, see if I buy you a pint. Can I show you a photograph? That's my brother. He comes home for the boys' brigade every night at half past eight. If you could mount the curb and flatten the bastard, I'd love his room. Thanks very much. <laughs> now, if anybody has lost family to hit and run, hey, I apologise. It wasn't me. I'm just saying that's what the advert should have been. But I'm telling you right now, if I was on an electric scooter, and somebody steps out at a crossing or just comes out without looking, listening to a podcast, maybe this podcast, you know, look, if I hit one of you and killed you, you know, listen to my podcast, imagine the irony in that. Imagine you're listening to this very episode going, if I hit somebody at 30 quid going, oh, the big man's got an idea, and then you look up, bang, I go right on the top of you. Deed! Now, I'd, I'd miss you, you know? I'd mourn you. If you're a Patreon, I'd be devastated. But I do think if I hit somebody on an electric scooter at 30 mile an hour, I'd kill you. Easy. <laughs> Not that I'm going to go out and try it. Imagine doing hell with a wind behind me. Fucking hell, man. Fuck me. I'd break the speed barrier, you know? I remember once, and we're going to go off on a big tangent here, but I was in Andorra. <clears throat> Snowboarding. Best ski stroke snowboard holiday I've ever been on, probably will ever be on. It was incredible. Good group of friends. The snow was unbelievable. Andorra is an amazing place. And we were in uh, Pas de la Casse. And the neighbouring uh, mountain region, I think it was called Soldu. It's a great place for skiing or snowboarding because you basically get one lift pass and it connects you to all the different valleys, right? So, anyway, turned up. I remember we got there. We had to fly into Toulouse Airport, <clears throat> which was, again, uh, cements my, my knowledge of, of the French being complete assholes. Got on a bus and then we drove uh, on the bus up the mountains to, to Andorra. Now, Andorra is between France and Spain. And it's the perfect mix of people, of person, the Andorais, the Andorians, the Andalese, because they've got that Spanish 
relaxed vibe about life, you know, like fucking, ah, you're right, mate, you know, maybe 10 o'clock, hey, you know, I need a nap, man. They've, they've got that feel about them. But the kind of the love of the French food and the uh, a little bit of the French arrogance, but you know, in a in a kind of in a way that's palatable. So it's a it's a wonderful mix of people in a wonderful place because the food's incredible, the scenery's incredible, and the snow was amazing. But anyway, so when we arrived and we drove up, <clears throat> it was there was no snow. I remember that. I remember driving up to the hotel and no snow being outside the hotel, and thinking we have fucked this up. We've picked the wrong time to come. We should have came earlier. We've came a bit later in the season. We fucked it. Literally went to bed. Woke up the next morning and the front... I remember coming down to the reception because it was just a... It was like a... <clears throat> the way you describe it. Like apartments, right? So we were trying to find somewhere to... An apart hotel, I think you would call it. So we were trying to find somewhere to go for breakfast. And I remember just out the corner of my eye seeing like kind of bright light and not thinking anything of it and then spoke to people at the desk and went to walk outside to get some fresh air uh, I mean I, I love the cold right absolutely love the cold if I could live all year round with sunshine and freezing cold it's the greatest weather in the world and the light was the snow had covered the foyer and, and they were almost digging the front door out. the snow was unbelievable for the week we were there so as we started to explore and find more of the valley, we found this bit that kind of had like a speed trap. So it was just a perfectly uh, smooth bit of, of snow that had been, they, they brought the cat sporer down. It's perfectly flat and they had a speed gate at either end. And, and pretty much the case was you come down, enter the speed gate, hit the board flat and then you just gun it for what felt like an eternity. And then you get a wee uh, speed gun at the end. <clears throat> and everybody was going down, and obviously I've always been a big guy, right? I've always been heavy, I've always been, you know, stocky, and my friends at the time were, you know, either snowboarder types, like long, tall, thin skateboarders, or kind of, you know, smaller people, and they were going down, and they were hitting some speed, man, right, they were hitting some speed, and then you know, I went, and oh, I'll never forget that in my life, man, I thought I was going to teleport, <laughs> I was going so fast, I thought I was actually going to break through the the like a black hole and either travel into the future or travel into the past. At one point, I thought two things. I thought if I catch an edge here, which is technical uh, snowboarder term for uh, clipping the, the the edges of your board and uh, eating a bag of shit. I thought if I clip an edge here, I'm I'm dead. I'll break my neck. I'll at least break a bone in my body. So there was a fear. And I was going so fast at about the halfway point, I honestly did think, I am going, I'm going to like, fuck. I'm going to get to the bottom and like, everybody of like age 20 years or something, I've jumped out of the future. It was such a, but I was going so fast because I mean, I must have been about 19, 20 stone, you know, whereas the rest of them are like 10, 11 stone. And I was going so fast that my, my goggles, which are completely sealed, there were these Adidas goggles that I got, right, because I thought it was pure fancy and trendy. And they were... I was going so fast, the wind was penetrating through the, the, the glass. And it was whistling. It's, it sounded like, you know, like a camping kettle. One of those kettles that... It sounded like that. Like an old-fashioned kettle boiling this whistling sound passing through my goggles because I was fucking going so fast. And when I got to the bottom, I mean, my heart was racing. I don't know how fast it went, maybe like 200 mile an hour or something like that, but I remember them saying all we could hear from just before halfway to the bottom was this intense whistling sound. And they thought it was me screaming. I was like, that was my goggles. That was my goggles. I said, that was my goggles, man. And I, I, the guy who was like controlling the speed gate, I remember saying... I was like, mate, that, that, you hear that whistling? He went, yeah, yeah. He says, if you didn't have the goggles on, the, the pressure of the air in your eyes probably would have forced like your eye back. It would have damaged your eye. And I thought, oh, I'm a fucking bullet, mate. I'm a bullet. Amazingly, what a holiday, man. Brilliant holiday. I need to get back snowboarding sometime soon. I've not been on a board in fucking years, man. It's like riding a bike. never loses you. Never, never leaves you. But yes... The junkies seem to be out on force in the old uh, 
electric scooters. So if you uh, if you see any in your area, then please do get in touch. I, I cannot think this has just been held back for the Edinburgh junkies. I imagine the the junkie news um, what has travelled. I don't know where they've got it from. I don't know if it is a government initiative. It wouldn't surprise me now, some of the things the government do. Or maybe once Aldi or Lidl had a sale in these electric scooters and word just travelled, you know, and they all went mad. We can sell twice as much gear, twice as fast if we all had electric scooters. Where do they charge them, man? Where do they charge these things? Who knows? But let me know. Have you seen junkies on electric scooters? Or is it still classic foot? The old foot soldier junkies. Let me know. Right, I've got a question here from a Patreon, a legend, uh, Glenn. Uh, Glenn has asked, um, following on from the barbecue uh, carbonara chat, which was on last week's Patreon-only episode, uh, so if you haven't um, listened to that, then get on the Patreon and check out that episode. And Glenn has asked, um, following on from the barbecue carbonara chat, which fusion food would you come up with in the Gibble kitchen? Now... Uh, quick breakdown if you didn't listen to the Patreon or you're not on the Patreon, uh, I should say just now, you should join up every single Friday, brand new episode goes out uh, to the Patreonis, uh, so sign up, patreon.com forward slash big Scott Gibson, go to the website, scottgibsoncom.co.uk uh, and sign up through there, do it, great way to support the show, great way to support me, you will get an extra episode every single week as well as access to a whole load of goodies when they come out, when they drop, um, but the barbecue chat was about the Chef's Table Barbecue special thing that's on Netflix. And I was talking a little bit about that. Um, so, fusion stuff in the kitchen, man. Um, nothing's really jumping out at me at the top of my head. Anything that I've kind of created that's uh, a bit mental. Um, I suppose my missus, uh, my wonderful missus, is a, a vegetarian. Or a, a pesky. She's just started eating some fish again. And um, so I've always always been meat and potatoes or meat and meat. So I've tried to learn some more veggie stuff um, and veggie stuff that's kind of filling because I, I find a lot when I eat some vegetarian meals, I just don't feel full. Now, that is not because I'm not full. That is just because my brain has been conditioned over 36 years to basically register, if you don't eat meat, you have not eaten a meal. That's basically how I think, and I know it's wrong, and I know that I have to get that out of my head, but that's me just being honest. I could eat fat 10 courses of the most intricate, beautiful, vegetarian food there is. I could go to the best vegetarian restaurant in Scotland have some of the most the some of the most beautiful vegetarian meals there is and I will leave that restaurant and go where can we get some chicken because until I have had meat protein I don't think I've had a dinner so I'm trying to get a bit better at cooking different things now things are good to cook for veggies uh, I'll be honest a lot of the corn stuff has been very surprising Again, as technology and science improves, because these things are not natural, it's the work of the devil, this stuff's getting better and better. We have got um, we got a burger a couple of weeks ago, and it was like a kind of plant-based thing. And I'm going to be honest with you, it, it was nice. It is not a beef burger. It tastes nothing like beef. Any of these things that claim to taste like the thing it's trying to be, it's not even is it like 10% wrong it's a million percent wrong it does not taste like a beef burger it does not have the texture of a burger it tastes nothing like a burger but as a vegetarian burger or a plant-based burger you know if that's what I call it it still tastes all right but do not think for a minute it's going to taste anything like the real thing because it doesn't right that's not to say it doesn't it doesn't taste bad it just doesn't, it's different, completely different. 
So some of the plant-based stuff is a lot better. I think some of the kind of plant-based chicken stuff is getting better. Most of it is the texture. That's what it is. You get the seitan stuff, uh, which is good for certain dishes, and some of the, the corn things, and there's a company called Oomph, which makes some alright stuff. Uh, so things we'll try and do is we make a cottage pie, um, but I started to make that with a little bit of corn mince and some pure lentils in a kind of tomato sauce with carrot and uh, aubergines and different things, put courgettes in it just to beef it up and then obviously your you know, mashed potatoes on top. Um, but there's loads of different things you can do. I, I give you one tip. I'm trying to think of anything that I have that I've done that's kind of classed as fusion. And I can't really think of off the top of my head. I know that <clears throat> we had Vietnamese fries at a place called Harmonium, which is a vegan restaurant in Edinburgh, which again does very nice vegan burgers and very nice um, pasta dishes that are, which are vegan. Uh, again, trying to be a substitute, taste nothing like the meat original, but as stand-up dish on their own, they're really nice. But in there we had these Vietnamese fries uh, and... One my favourite place in Glasgow is a place called Scran in Deniston. And they made, um, God, what are they called now? Halloumi fries. <clears throat> so we basically took the best of both worlds, took these Vietnamese fries, and we took the halloumi that making Scran, stuck them together to make Vietnamese halloumi fries. And they're amazing. They're amazing. You get chips, right? Whatever chip you prefer. But if I'm honest, it needs to be the thin French fry, the McDonald's chip, right? Make them however you want to, whether you deep fry them, whether you do them in the oven, however it is you do it. Put them into a bowl, importantly go into a bowl. Salt, pepper, garlic powder in the bowl with the fries. Then if you're doing the Vietnamese one, you want to put five spice, Chinese five spice in there. Maybe about two teaspoons worth, enough to coat all the fries. It really depends on how much you enjoy that flavour and how many chips you're making. And then kind of swish it around the bowl to make sure it's all coated. And then into that, you will divide them up, usually into serving bowls or, or a plate if you want. <clears throat> and then it's a case of adding different things in. So there'll be like spring onions, coriander, some cheese, uh, and then you'll take your halloumi, cut any blocks. You've obviously done this before. And you can put your halloumi into uh, flour so it gets a bit of a crust around it as you kind of shallow fry it. And then you cube it up and you put the halloumi on top and then it is a case of adding in the extra bits and pieces. So what you want to do first is hoisin sauce, trust me, hoisin sauce all over the top of the chips, not drowning it, just a kind of nice drizzle or a swirl. And then sriracha hot sauce over the top of that. And then you put a handful of peanuts, unsalted peanuts, and a handful of crispy onions on top of it. A little bit of coriander and a wee bit of spring onion. And that is your Vietnamese halloumi fries. And that is one of the finest things you will ever put in your mouth. Trust me. And here's another wee tip, right, that I started doing recently as well. If you make wraps or fajitas or a burrito or anything at all that's got a kind of wrap if you want to add an extra layer of flavor and you want to take your tortillas you want to take your uh, burrito you want to take your uh, fajita to the next level take the the wrap take the tortilla don't warm it in the microwave like it says or don't warm it in the oven like it says if you have an electric hob or you have a gas hob, turn it on, high if it's electric, medium heat if it's a gas, and simply place the wrap, the tortilla, over the top of the of the, the heat source. So over the top of the flame or over the electric ring. All right, Just place it on it and then just turn it over every 10, 15 seconds. If it's an electric hob, you'll see it start to puff up turn it over, you'll also see it smoke, and don't worry, it's not going to damage your cooker, it'll just wipe clean, and if you keep doing that, and get a kind of charred texture on the wrap, you don't want it burnt, you don't want it to the point it's crispy, some bits will go black, and it'll char them, when you have a burrito, or a wrap, or anything at all, using 
that kind of charred tortilla, it will taste incredible. Incredibly. I'm telling you, try that. If you only try one thing, try that and make those Vietnamese fries. God, I wish I was having them for my dinner one. They're so good. Also, <clears throat> if you are in Glasgow, get to Scran. Follow them on Instagram, support them, get to Scran. They're in Deniston, it's a small shop. Their food is unbelievable. And if you are in Edinburgh, and listen, I know sometimes I take the piss out of vegans and, you know, hipsters and whatnot. I don't think you can <clears throat> turn turn away from a, a group, a, a food, you know, just because the word vegans maybe be, be, you know, maybe been pushed in your throat or you've got opinions of vegans or veganism, whatever it is. Just think of it as another cuisine and give it a try. Don't go in there thinking... This is going to taste like meat. Because it's not. It tastes nothing like meat. And if that's in your head, you will be disappointed. But go to a vegan restaurant and try it. I've said it before. There'll be a number of dishes you've had that are vegan without even knowing about it. But check out Hamorium. They have just moved to a new, bigger space uh, in Edinburgh as well. I think at the bottom of Brunswick Street. I'm not sure. But check them out. Harmonium. Get them on Instagram and get Scran as well. Go and check out these places. Absolutely amazing. Let's, let's all just make Vietnamese fries at home, man. Send me your pictures. Tag me in them, man. Vietnamese and halloumi. Get me tagged. <laughs> Glenn, thank you very much for your question, mate. Right, I am conscious that we are uh, quickly approaching the end of an episode. Uh, it's been a good episode. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, listen, get in touch, man. Give me your questions. Give me your topics. Let me know if you've enjoyed it. Uh, and also, if you do enjoy the podcast, if you can, please join the Patreon. Subscribe to the Patreon. Get the extra episodes. If you can't, share the podcast. Share it on your social medias. Let's grow the numbers. Let's get people listening. Right. This, well, I've got another two news stories that I was going to cover. But we'll save them for the Patreon episode because this was sent to me today by the legend that is Robert Gillen. And it's just spectacular. If you've ever seen me do certain stand-up routines, you will know that I enjoy a good shite story as much as the next man. And this shite story is absolutely bloody spectacular. Now, I'm just going to read the headline. I'm just going to read the headline to you, right? And then we'll take it from there. Now, all I know is the headline. I have read no more. We are we are discovering these news items together, and that's the way I like it. So here we go. The headline reads, Lou what? Question mark. Lou what? I hear you cry. Let's read on. Iceland supermarket closed after Ayrshire mum finds human poo in store freezer. Human poo! First of all, how does she know it's human poo? I don't know. We shall read on. In Iceland as well. Now the thing is, you often hear stories about things being left in freezers at supermarket. A human shit, is it uncommon? Probably not. Is it shocking? Yes, it's shocking. But when we discover it's Ayrshire, suddenly the shock is removed from it. A mother, why does it say she's a mother? Oh, mum's going to Iceland. It's a woman has found a shite in a freezer in Iceland in Ayrshire. That's no news, right? That wouldn't even make page 10 of the Ayrshire Gazette. They're going to be sitting in the office going, Aha! Hold on, the last of Gav Gaffer! I've got another shite in a freezer story. Listen, this is the 15th one this weekend. Is it you that's going to be shite in freezers? Let me uh, read on. Um, where is the, the picture? Here it is. So, uh, Princess Fiona, sorry, uh, Lynn, Lynn McCabe is this lady here. Uh, although she does look like Princess Fiona. Lynn McCabe, uh, 35. <laughs> I write, uh, horrified uh, when she made the discovery in the Iceland in Ayrshire. What is uh, Princess Fiona doing in Ayrshire? Maybe it is the Shire. Maybe it all suddenly makes sense. Let's read on. An Iceland supermarket store forced to close. Forced to close. Iceland and Ayrshire, which is probably the only source of nutrition those people have, and they've been forced to close. Why? Because there's a shite in the freezer. Do you think anybody cares? No, it's also in the freezer. 
pick it up, throw it out. If it was a shite in the fucking fresh produce, there'd be a panic. There'd also be more of a panic as to why there's fresh produce in a fucking Iceland in Ayrshire. Let's read on. An Iceland supermarket forced to close after an Ayrshire mum of four, mum of four, claims, claims, right? So it's not proving yet. She claimed she found human poo in the store's freezer. Lynn McCabe, 35, I write, was left horrified. Horrified! 35-year-old woman with four kids for Ayrshire. She can't get more horrified than her fucking life than her. Horrified when her hand was smeared in poo after trying to reach for chicken nuggets in the freezer at Iceland Salkots. I mean, what? First of all, how... If a shite is inside a freezer, how can it smear? Surely it's solid. It's not like fucking gelato ice cream. You know, if you... I imagine, even... If we go back to the wee junkies, maybe he's left his scooter outside and he's going for a quick shite. Even at the most junky, runny of jobbies, surely when it hits the frozen temperatures of the chicken nugget freezer, instant ice cream, <laughs> instant ice cream. Instant jobby ice cream. Um, the mum from Kilwinning, I mean, the this, this story just gets better. We're, we're hitting all the fucking hot spots here. The mum from Kilwinning realised there was human feces on the packaging when she actually accidentally touched her nose. She accidentally touched her nose. I touched my nose about 50 times a minute. So let me get this right. She's gone in the freezer. Now, she's had to open up the top. She's opened up. She's, she's been going along. She said to herself, Franco Jr. loves chicken nuggets. She's a good mother. She's there to find nourishment for her children. She says, there's the fucking chicken nuggets right there. 60 for a pound. That'll do me. She opens up the chest freezer. She goes inside. In the process, somehow smearing frozen human shite on her hand. Lifting out the nuggies putting the nuggies in the trolley and then wiping her nose and only then, only then did she realise, I'll get fucking shite in my nose. Disgusted, Miss McCabe said, the smell was awful. Would frozen shite still smell? Now, obviously, I'm reading this as a news item from a horrific, shitey newspaper. Right? Clearly this has been made up Clearly, I'm not believing it. I'm just going outside of the realms of what this item is and saying, would a frozen shite smell? I don't know. Am I going to finish this podcast, take a shite in a Tupperware box, put it in my freezer, leave it overnight, smell it in the morning? I don't know. Who knows what the future holds? Maybe you'll do that and report back. At first, I didn't know where it was coming from, but then I realised I was disgusted and just glad my little girl hadn't touched it first. I don't think your kid would have cared. It's probably the most exciting thing that may have happened to your child. She may have had a new friend or a toy. She may have kept it quiet and took the shite home, defrosted it, and then it's her best pal. Who knows? Repulsed! Lynn McCabe quickly told staff what had happened and said she was taken aback by the reaction and their goodwill gesture. What did they do, Lynn? Did they give you free nuggies? Was this a ploy all along to get free nuggies? We're going to get in here, hen, right? And I'm going to empty one of your nappies in the freezer and then see when mum pulls the nuggies out. I'm going to wipe some of your shite on my nose. That's disgusting, mum. Play along, right? We're going to get free nuggies. She added, at first they laughed. Of course they did, Lynn. And then one was kind, uh, one of kind of heaving, saying it was disgusting. Uh, they let me use the staff room to clean my hands. They did say sorry and gave me a box of Lindor chocolate balls as an apology. Oh my god. She's lucked out, man. She's won the fucking junkie lottery. She's gone in there, wiped her own shite on her face, and she's got a box of chocolate. This is going to set a precedent. This is going to set a precedent for every scumbag in the country walking into an Iceland, reaching inside a freezer wiping the rain shite in their face and then getting an item for free. That's what you've done, Lynn McCabe. You have not reported news to the world. You've effectively found a loophole. 
in Iceland's terms and conditions. If you walk into an Iceland, open up a freezer, rob human shit in your own face, you will get a free box of lint chocolates. I tell you, it'll bankrupt them come Valentine's Day. Bankrupt them. Lynn uh, McCabe, 35, uh, question mark, question mark. Then went on to say, I mean, come on, I'm covered in poo and they gave me chocolate balls to say sorry. <laughs> oh, Lynn. Lynn claims that staff blamed an elderly woman who had been in the store earlier in the day for the mishap and said they would need to take need to take a look at the receipt and the CCTV to find out what had happened. She said staff told her the woman was unwell and asked to use the toilet. The staff obviously refused because it's Iceland and they're bastards. Lynn told the local paper they said she made a right mess and they had to clean it up. I was a bit shocked that they hadn't closed the shop. Why would they close the shop, Lynn? It's a fucking Iceland. <laughs> Why would Iceland close the shop because somebody took a shit in it? That is a daily occurrence. If you ever see an advert for a job in Iceland, it is... Customer service skills preferable, stacking history preferable, ability to clean up human shite on a daily basis. Lynn McCabe, 35, question mark, question mark, went on to say, surely if they knew there had been an accident, they would have checked the place thoroughly. Again, Lynn, you would think that, but this isn't the Harrods, right, or the Ivy. It's Iceland and fucking Ayrshire. Salcoats, Okay. Do you think the people of Salkoats, Iceland, have got time to be getting up and doing every freezer looking for shite every five minutes? <laughs> They'd never get any work done, Lynn. They'd never be out of freezers looking for shite in Salkoats, Iceland. Lynn McCabe, 35, question mark, question mark, following on to say, who knows what kind of germs that person had and it was just lying there for hours before it was cleaned. Again, Lynn, in your own words, lying for hours, which would make me question, how can a frozen shite that's been lying for hours still be smeared on a hand and a face? On cross-examination, Lynn, your story would fall apart quite quickly, Hen. I think you should have taken your chocolates and left and said fuck all about it. After leaving the store, Lynn contacted Iceland Customer Service Department to complain. I would love to have taken that call. She received a call back immediately for the area manager who said he had not been made aware of the situation. He says, listen, Lynn, people shite in that shop every fucking day, hen. Unless the shite was a funny colour or had a flag in it or a ranger scarf, I can't fucking get involved, hen. Lynn added he offered me £20 and a bottle of wine. In the name of God, Lynn, 20 quid, a bottle of wine and a box of chocolates. There hasn't been a man in your life that's fucking spoiled you that much. <coughs> all these years. Hoping that the Wayne's father would show you some kind of love and all you had to do was get in Iceland, rub shite in your face and fucking your dreams have come true. Lynn McCabe 35, question mark, question mark, following on to say, why the hell would I want to go back into the shop to get the nuggies, Lynn? It's a vicious cycle, Lynn, to get the nuggies. For God's sake. Iceland said they are now aware of the situation. A spokesman for Iceland says, whilst we are unable to comment on the specific circumstances leading to the soft shite discovered inside the freezer, an incident of this nature does take place often in our shops as the majority of our customers are fucking scumbags. Not an official statement, just one that I have made up. Right, thank you very much to Robert Gillen who brought that beautiful little ditty to our knowledge. Um... Lynn, good luck. I hope you enjoy your chocolates. I hope you took the wine and the voucher. And uh, I hope your next uh, visit to Iceland is uh, less stressful and dramatic. Right, team, that is us uh, all over for another episode. Thank you for listening. Episode 45 of the Scott Gibson Show. If you do enjoy it, please do consider becoming a Patreon. Let's grow those numbers. Extra episode every single Friday for the Patreonis. Um, That is us. I will say this. I have got some gigs that are coming up that are going to be announced very soon. In fact, when this episode goes out on Wednesday, two of the gigs will already have been announced. So I can tell you just now, I am going to be... Go get the website up, Scotty Boy, just so you know the dates. Where's the website? Here it's here, tour dates. I'll go to my website and just click tour dates. Right, September the 20th at the Classic Grand is sold out! 
October the 3rd hashtag show live episode recording is sold out. I'm going to be back at the Classic Grand on October 25th, which is another Sunday session. Uh, it'll be me doing another solo show. So if you missed out on the September the 20th gig, get along to that one. October 25th, Classic Grand. Tickets are on sale. Now, grab them. And then November 6th, this is going to be an amazing gig. I'm going to be back in Paisley. I have not been in Paisley for 18 months. I'm going to be in Paisley at the Bungalow, right? A venue that's been taken over recently. Very much looking forward to it. Spoke to the guys the other day to organise this. Very excited by it. The Bungalow in Paisley now is a rock club. It looks cool as fuck. And there's only 60 tickets because of social distancing and because it's quite a small venue. So that is going to be an amazing gig. November the 6th, Bungalow and Paisley. Tickets are on sale as well. Only 60 tickets for that one. So if you're in or near Paisley on November the 6th, please do come along. So those two gigs again that are on sale now and available to buy November 25th, Classic Grand in Glasgow, and November 6th, the Bungalow and Paisley. More gigs are coming. Edinburgh date coming soon. I'm hopefully doing one up north in Scotland. And there's another date that I can't say yet because it's all getting confirmed. But there's dates coming. So get on the website, scottgibsoncomedy.co.uk. All the links are there. But those two gigs, once again, November 25th, back at the Classic Grand in Glasgow, and November 6th, the Bungalow in Paisley. Get your tickets, and I will hopefully see you in the battlefield very soon. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Take care of yourselves. And uh, I'll speak to you on Wednesday or Friday if you're on the Patreon. And uh, if not, I will speak to you again next week. Take care, team. Stay safe. All the best. Wash your hands and your arsehole. <laughs> I'll see you in a battlefield soon. Onwards. Onwards.